Shalom Rachel, this is Chazar Shir number 11, where we will discuss two main topics. Number one, whether return policies are a violation of ribis, and number two, are late fees on loans and products and services. So let's begin as a continuation from last week. We saw that the Shulchan Aruch Pasuk is that if I have a field and I want to sell you the field, so I sell you my field for a million dollars, and I tell you that I have the right to buy back whenever I want, that is prohibited. Why is it prohibited? Because really what's happening over here is when I sell you the field, I'm getting a million dollar loan from you. Let's say I sell it to you for a million dollars, I'm getting a million dollar loan from you, and when I pay it back, and a year from now, when I buy the field back, and a year from now, I'm returning the million dollar loan. And in the interim, what happened? In the interim, you used that field, you rented it out, you made some money off of that field. And that money that you made off of it is really of, is the interest on the loan that you gave me. So you gave me a loan of a million dollars, I paid you back a million dollars, but you also got usage of the field. So says the Shulchan Aruch, that is a violation of ribbis, not just any ribbis, but it's a biblical prohibition of, uh, of ribbis because I have the ability to always, uh, to always buy it back. So it's really considered, uh, it's really considered a loan. The Ramah says it's not an Isser de Raisa ribbis because it's only tzad echad ribbis, there's a chance that I won't necessarily buy the field back. Uh, and therefore, it's only going to be a rabbinic prohibition of, uh, of ribbis. But the Ramah says that it's still for sure forbidden. And not only is it forbidden, in that time period where I'm able to buy back the field, you're not allowed to use it. Because if you do use it, it comes out that retroactively, the usage that you had of it turns out to be interest, turns out to be ribbis. And therefore, it's, uh, it's prohibited. And we saw last week already that there's a violation of, uh, th- that this would apply, meaning not just by, by sale of a field, but also by a return of items. So if I go to a store and I buy a vacuum cleaner and I pay $500 for the vacuum cleaner and I use it for two months and I give it back, says it comes out that according to the, to the Shulchan Archa and to the Ramah, that is a violation of ribbis because what did I really do? I gave $500 loan to the store. I got back my $500 oh, two weeks later, but in the interim, what did I also do? I also uh, used the... Uh, I also, I also use the vacuum cleaner, which has, which has, uh, which has value. So I really lent to the store money with interest, and that should be prohibited. Uh, that should be prohibited according to Shulchan Aruch to be Nisad Rice, and according to the Ramah should be in Nisad Rabbanit. So the question that we asked, and the question that we're asking today is, is it possible for a Jewish store to ever offer a return policy? To offer a return policy to the customers, it seems that every time you have a return policy, it is uh, it is a violation of ribbis. So we're going to suggest six different possibilities of what stores can do uh, in order to avoid this prohibition of ribbis. So number one is a merchandise exchange policy, which means instead of giving uh, instead of giving back um, giving back money for the for the sale. Uh, what the store does, if the store gives merchandise right away, so then it's allowed. Why is it allowed? Because again, the whole reason why, why return policies are forbidden is because when I buy something, so I'm really lending money to the store, and when the store, when I return it and the store gives me back money, so then retroactively it comes out that that money that I gave them was really a loan. And if the money was loaned, so the usage of the product during that interim was considered, uh, was considered ribs. But if I'm never getting money back, if I bought something from the store and now they're just giving me a different product, that's not a return. That's not a, that's not ribbis. There's no loan that actually happened here. That's a purchase. And by a purchase, you're always allowed, to, uh, you're always allowed to, to swap different products. And not only that, says the Rosh Yosef that even if I, even if I, even if the store wanted to give me a better product or, or a bigger product when that I'm, re- when I'm returning the, the original one, that's always going to be, uh, that's always going to be uh, allowed. And that's why warranties are also allowed. The reason why warranties are allowed is because if I'm not getting the money back, so there was never a loan. If there's never a loan, there's never interest. So possibility number one of what stores can do is that if they have an automatic, in, 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 uh, an instant merchandise exchange program, that would be uh, allowed. However, if it's a store credit, pro- if it's a store credit uh, return policy, so that's already uh, a problem. Because now I'm getting, what am I getting paid back? Meaning when I lent you $500 for the vacuum cleaner, but what I 
like what I'm getting back at the end is I'm getting $500 worth of merchandise. I haven't yet decided what, that, what I'm going to buy with it, but that, that looks like a loan, right? When, when I'm getting back store credit, that looks more like a loan, and that's why it would, be, uh, it would be prohibited. But if right away I'm getting a different product, that would be allowed. So, okay, uh, solution number one is to have an immediate uh, merchandise, um, uh, merchandise swapping, merchandise exchange policy. That would be uh, allowed. Uh, number two, way number two where you can... Where you can um, you can have some sort of, uh, of return policy is that if you have a restocking fee. So let's say I paid $500 for the vacuum cleaner. I give it back to you. When I return it, you don't credit me $500, but you credit me $490. So really, I lent you $500 and you're giving me $490. Why are you charging me $10? Why are you, taking, why are you not fully giving, paying everything back? Because the $10 covers the usage that I used the, the vacuum cleaner for two weeks, right? So again, we said when I lent you when, when I buy a vacuum cleaner and I give you $500, I get $500 back. And then I use the vacuum cleaner for two weeks. So using the vacuum cleaner for two weeks, that's going to be the ribbus. But if now I'm paying for that usage, I'm paid $10 for the usage, which you call the restocking fee, that's going to be allowed. So again, either merchandise uh, uh, exchange is going to be allowed or a restocking fee. But let's say you want to, to run the business like a real... Like, uh, like, like what many customers are accustomed to, where you want to give a full money back guarantee, a full money credit, a full, uh, you know, full uh, merchandise credit or whatever it is, is there, ever a poss- is there ever a way for you to have a store where you give back, um, where you have a, a full poly- where you have a, a full merchandise credit or you give back uh, full money back on the, on the return without any, without any fees? So the best option to always do is to have a head to Iska. If you have a head to Iska and the customer knows about the head to Iska, so then that's, uh, that's the best possible plan because then, then it's, uh, and we'll discuss Bezat Hashem head to Iska more in the future. But that's, uh, that's, that's the best option. Now the problem is, is that many stores don't have a head to Iska and many stores also, even if they have a head to Iska, not necessarily does the customer know that there's a heteriska? And if you don't know that there's a heteriska, according to many, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't actually work. So what are other possibilities? So the note to suggests the policy says, when is it asr to, to, when did the Shulchan Aruch forbid? When I, again, the case was, I sell you my field uh, and I tell you that I can buy it back whenever I want. So when I say I can buy it back whenever I want, what am I really saying? The Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch, he's medayik from Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch, is that it, it nullifies the sale. I'm basically, I'm, I'm retaining the right to get it back. And when I give you the million dollars back and I get the field back, what ends up happening is that retroactively, there was never really a sale. What was there really? There was really a loan. So only when something nullifies the sale, uh, nullifies the original sale, then is the money viewed as a loan. But if there's two sales that happen, that's going to be allowed. What would happen in a regular case, not the case of the Shulchan Aruch, where I sell you a field for a million dollars, you use it for a year, and then I come back, I knock on your door a year later and say, by the way, you know, I'm interested in buying the property back for a million dollars. And you say, yeah, sure, no problem, I don't need it anymore. That's not ribbis. I sold you something and then you sold it back. Right? Even though in the meantime, you made money off the field. It doesn't make a difference. I sold you something. I bought it back. That's a matter because it's two different uh, transactions. So he says, says the Shulchan Aruch, it says the, the Node Behuda, he says maybe it could be that if, I, that, that if the return policy is not really a return policy, but it's a buyback policy where the, where, the, where the company is buying back the vacuum cleaner, then it's going to be allowed because that's not, that's not interest. That's, uh, that's actually two cells that are, that are transpiring uh, over here. And that's what uh, Lemaisa, the, the, the no debate himself, doesn't want, to, doesn't want to rely on it. He says, Luli de Mistafina. He says, I'm scared to say something like this. Um, but, and, and in addition to that is that most stores do not have a, a buyback policy. What do they have? They have a return policy. Return policy is I paid for the vacuum cleaner, paid with my credit card $500. What do they do? They credit my, my credit card, right? Or they, right? They give me back the money. And what happens is, is that, uh, is that the sale, the initial sale was, was nullified. So now we're back to square one. If you have a Jewish store who wants to offer a full 
a full um, a full refund on on their products and on their and and uh, on, on the products or on the goods that they're selling. Is there ever a possibility to order to, to offer a full refund and it not be considered uh, ribs? So there's two uh, possibilities over here that we're going to suggest. Number one is from Nesiva Shalom, who says as false. He says if the item that is being used is not something that is usually rented out. So then it doesn't have a market value and it can't be viewed as ribis. So for example, right? Well, let's go back to our vacuum, uh, our vacuum cleaner. So when I buy the vacuum cleaner, I am lending the store $500. When I'm returning it, I'm getting back $500 and I'm also getting the usage of the vacuum cleaner. So the usage of the vacuum cleaner is the compensation. Again, what is ribis? Ribis is, comp- is me being compensated for the fact that my money, that, for the fact that my money is locked up by you. So when I bought the, the, the vacuum cleaner, I really l- lent you money. Right? And when I get it back, so I'm also being compensated that my money was locked up by you. And, and, and what's that compensation? The compensation is the use of the vacuum cleaner. That's why it would be ribis. But explains the Nesiva Shalom. He says, if the rental of the vacuum cleaning uh, cleaner has no market value, you, you're not in the business of renting out uh, vacuum cleaners. So therefore, what I'm getting doesn't have any market value. And if it has no market value, so then it can't be viewed as agar It can't be viewed as compensation for, for the loan itself, right? It's similar to, to what happens if me and you are best friends. And every year on my birthday, you give me a, a birthday cake. It happens to be this year, I also lent you $10,000. Are you allowed to give me a birthday cake? Of course. Why? Because the birthday cake isn't compensation for the loan that I give you. Every year you get me, uh, you get me a birthday cake. So what is, what is the birthday cake? It's stop. You, you know, it's, it's something not related to the loan itself, right? The, the, the birthday cake has no, has no, uh, it's something that we would normally do. So here also, similarly, right, when it comes to, when it comes to, um, to, to me using the vacuum cleaner, if the vacuum cleaner has no market value, if it's not something that is normally rented out, so therefore I wasn't really compensated. If I wasn't really compensated, there is no, uh, there is no ribis. The mice of the mill of Hashem argues on this. There are many that, that, that uh, argue on this as well. Uh, and also there are many products that are rented out. If you buy a table, if you buy chairs, if, you, if you're buying a car and you're returning the car, uh, after the, the, let's say the, the company, the car company has a, has a, has a one week return policy or a two week return policy. So that's something that's for sure rented out. If it's something that's for sure rented out, it is still going to be ribis. So is there actually any solution for these companies, uh, to, to have a, a return policy? So here we have the chiddush of the prostitute, which is a big chiddush. But what he says, uh, he says that similar to, to what we said before, but, but what he says is as follows. He says that it's only going to be that, that, that letting the customer use something, that's not compensation for the loan. What, what does the store want? When I go and I buy the vacuum cleaner, what does the store want? If you ask the, the owner, he wants me to keep the vacuum cleaner. Why is he letting me use it for two weeks? He's letting me use it for two weeks, meaning he has a return policy of two weeks because he wants to have customer service. He wants to have a, he wants to have a good reputation. He doesn't like me. He's not my friend. He's not doing me favors because, because we're friends. He's doing it for his own sake. So him, allowing me to return the product, it's not compensation because I lent him money. It's not because I gave him $500 for, for two weeks to, to use. That's not why he's letting me use the product. He's letting me use the product for other reasons. He's letting me use it because he wants to have a good name. So since his intention is not as compensation for the loan, and, my, and for me also, it's not that I viewed it as a loan. Either I, I bought it and then I used it, and then now I'm, now I'm returning it because I don't like it. So since it's not agar natar, since the, the fact that the owner is letting me use the, letting me use the, the, the field, letting me use the vacuum cleaner, it's not considered uh, compensation for the, it's not considered, it's not considered, it can't be considered compensation for the loan because he's doing it for himself. He, the, he, in his eyes, he'd rather me keep the, keep the product than not have a loan. And that's why it's 
not going to be, that's why it's not going to be a problem of, um, uh, of ribbis. This is also B'Kiddush, because it's much from the Shulchan Aruch, that who cares? Who cares what, what my intention is? Who cares what the, what the, what the, what the, seller's, intention, what the, what the seller's intention is? At the end of the day, I'm lending him money, I'm getting it back, and I'm getting it back with, uh, with, um, with, with some sort of compensation as well. I'm lending $500, and I got the usage of the, of the vacuum cleaner. You're right. The seller doesn't view that as, uh, as anything, and he's really doing it as a marketing scheme in order to, to, to have good customer service, but at the end of the day, that's his machshav. At the end of the day, I'm getting something back, uh, and therefore, many, uh, many argue on this as well. So, so like I said, we saw six possible, uh, six possible, uh, um, six possible, six possible ways to avoid uh, ribis by return policy. Number one is to give a merchandise exchange policy. That would work. Uh, if you don't want to do that, so you can do a restocking fee where you you charge a little bit a little bit for the restocking fee, and that's connected the usage of the of the buyer. Number three, and this is the best hetter iska. Number four is a sellback option where it's not that I'm. I'm buying something and then nullifying the, the sale, but rather you're selling it to me and then I'm, or I'm selling it to you and then, and then I buy it back, right? But we said that most stores have return policies, not buyback policies. Uh, and then the last two are the Nesiva Shalom who says, Nesiva Shalom says that, that the usage of the product, since it's something that's not normally uh, rented out, it has, no, it has no market value and therefore it's not viewed as agar natar. It can't be viewed as Zakar because it has no market value. And he brings a proof to this, by the way. He adds, he says that what would be the case if I give you a post-dated check? So if I give you a post-dated check uh, for the vacuum cleaner of $500, and then I return it before you even got, before you cashed in the check, what's the, what, would you ever charge me for, for the usage of the vacuum cleaner? No, you wouldn't. So obviously, the usage of the vacuum cleaner has no market value. And since it has no market value, it can't be viewed as Zakar Natar. And then the sixth and final solution of the Brissi Huda, which he says that, that every time a store is giving back, uh, is having a return policy, it's not because of ribis. It's not because they're, they're, they're looking to compensate me as the seller, right? They're doing it as a marketing ploy. They're doing it as a marketing technique to make sure that they have a good name. And therefore, it's not viewed as ugger nut. It's not viewed as compensation for the fact that I gave them a loan. But rather, why are they doing it? They're doing it for their own selves, for their own, for their own, uh, their own sake. So those are the, the, six possible, uh, the six possible solutions. And it's something to, uh, to keep in mind. Uh, something to, uh, to keep in mind. So the next thing we discussed is uh, our late fees. Are late fees ever, ever allowed or not? So we learned the Mishnah. And the Rimagash is Medayik for the Mishnah that a late fee is really allowed. Why is the late fee allowed? Because there's no agarnatur. There's no compensation for the money being held up in someone else's, in someone else's hands. So again, if I lend you $10,000 and I tell you that if you pay me back on time, all you need to do is pay me $10,000. But if you don't pay me $10,000 on time, so then I'll charge you $1,100, right? So if you actually pay back on time, was there, was I being compensated for my money being locked up in your possession for an entire month? No, I wasn't. I got back the $10,000 and I, I did the mitzvah of lending you money. But, but and, and so, the, so then why is there a fee? Why is there a late fee that's over here? Says the Rimagash. So the late fee is just to incentivize you to pay on time. But it's not as compensation that my money is held up by you. And what's the proof that it's not as compensation? Because if you do pay on time, I won't be compensated. So says the Rimagash, there's no problem of, uh, of, uh, of ribis when it comes to, to late fee. Lemaisa, the Rashba argues. He says, you're right. There is no Isr do and there's not even a problem of avak ribis. What's the problem? The problem is haramis ribis, is that it looks like interest, right? It looks like, uh, it looks like there's a problem here of interest that, uh, that if you don't pay on time, that there's going to be some sort of a compensation. Lemaisa, the Shulchan Arach Paskins, halach lemaisa, that, that, um, that, that, 
lending with a late fee is usher because of haramas ribis. Now the Rashba adds, and the Shulchan Aruch also passes against that when do we say that it's only haramas ribis? That it's only like this, this small form that it looks like ribis? That's only when you have a one-time late fee. But if I have a reoccurring late fee, that's going to be a biblical violation of ribis because what am I really doing? I'm really getting compensated every single month because you haven't paid me back yet. So obviously I'm being compensated for the fact that my money is held up in your hand and that is the definition of ribis. That is what agar natar, what agar natar is. So again, Shulchan Aruch that a one-time late fee is usher only because of harama service, meaning it's not the biblical prohibition. It's not avak ribis, which is, uh, you know, dirabanan ribis, but rather it's harama ribis, which is also usher made dirabanan, but it's a lower level of, uh, it's a lower level of, uh, of, of an iser. If there's a, a reoccurring fine on the money itself, that's going to be a biblical prohibition of ribis. The Shulchan Aruch also adds, based on the Rashba, he says that when do we say that a one-time late fee is forbidden because harama ribis only when it's on a loan, when I lend you money, and then if you don't pay on time, I get compensated, so that looks like ribbis. But if the interaction between me and you was not a loan, but rather, what was it? A sale or a service, so then it doesn't even look like ribbis. So if I charge you, if I tell you I'm a dentist, and I say, if you need to pay me on time, $500. If you don't pay me within a week, so then there's going to be a one-time late fee of, uh, of another $100. Right? So that extra $100, it doesn't even look like ribbis. Why does it not look like ribbis? Because there was no loan that happened here. All of it is going on on a sale or a service. And since it's going on a sale and a service, therefore a one-time late fee is going to be allowed. The Shulchan Aruch Arav, though, what does he add? He adds that if I have a reoccurring late fee, right? If let's say you don't pay within a week, it's $100. If you don't pay within two weeks, it's $200. And it builds off of one another. If it's reoccurring, obviously, what is that? That's like what the Shulchan Aruch says, that it's compensation for the fact that my money is held up by you. And that's really Agar Natar. And that's going to be uh, in Isra Doraisa of, uh, of Ribbis. So let's just summarize because it's very simple. A one-time late fee on a loan is forbidden because it looks like Ribbis, Haramas Ribbis. A one-time late fee on a product or a service is permitted because there's no loan over here, and all it is is to incentivize you to pay on time. A reoccurring late fee on either a loan or a purchase is going to be a biblical violation of Haramas Ribis, uh, a biblical violation of, uh, of, of lending with, uh, with Ribis. So the question becomes is if you're in, if, you have, uh, if you're living in Israel, and, or you have a Jewish doctor not living in Israel, whatever it is, and the company or the, the, the place that you're getting the service from, you have a reoccurring late fee. How are you ever allowed to pay a reoccurring late fee? So let's take a classic case. You have a doctor. He's a Jewish from doctor, and he gives you, and he gives you a fee of $100. You didn't pay the first month, now it's $120. You didn't pay the second month, now it's $145, because it's reoccurring, right? So now at the end of the day, how are you ever, you, you're the, mal, you're the, you're the lova, you're the borrower, how are you allowed to pay that fee? There should be, an, if, it's, if it's a reoccurring fee and it's a biblical prohibition of ribbis, how are you ever allowed to pay a reoccurring late fee on time? So if there's a hatariska, amazing. But if there isn't a hatariska, what are you supposed to do in such a, in such a situation? So the Milba Hashem, he says that a person needs to make sure to pay all his bills on time. His Arnona, which is the tax in Israel, his, uh, his water bill, his gas bill, his, uh, his telephone bill, all these are, let's say, companies that are owned, Jewish-owned companies. You would have to pay those on time. Why? Because if not, and there's a reoccurring fee, you're coming, you're putting yourself in a situation of a biblical prohibition of, uh, of, uh, of ribbis. However, he suggests, he says, what happens, you're living in Eretz Yisrael, and you don't pay your water bill, you go on vacation, you forgot, and you come back, and for th- you, know, you have a three months reoccurring pay bill, uh, water bill. So he says you would be allowed to pay it, and he combines a few reasons together. He says, number one, right, the whole reason why a late fee is allowed is not because, it is because it's not a compensation for, it's not agar natar. It's not compensating that my money's locked up. Rather, it's an incentive 
to, to get paid. So he explains, he says, these big, huge organizations, like the water, uh, the, the Gijon, the water company, they prefer for everyone to pay on time. They don't want to start running after people. So really, every time they're imposing uh, interest or you know, a reoccurring fee, it's not because of the time value of money and that the money is locked up, but rather, what is it for? It's because they want to incentivize you to pay on time. So maybe it could be that it's allowed. Then he says, that by itself is not allowed, because at the end of the day, it, it's also interest and it's also the time value of money. So then he throws in and he says, he says what's, the, what's the other reason? Meaning that, what, what else could we add to this in order to make it permitted? He said, if your intention when you're paying the water bill is not to pay for the, for the interest that, re, that occurred over time, but rather why are you paying the water bill right now? Because you're worried that they're going to turn off your water. You're worried that they're going to take away your cell phone. You're worried that they're going to stop supplying you with gas, right? Because that's the, that's the warning that if you don't pay in time, they, they're going to cut the service. So if you're worried that they're going to cut the service and you're paying, what's, what are you paying? If you're not paying for the past, but rather you're paying for the future, so like that they keep it, and like that they, they keep servicing you, then it's going to be, uh, then it's going to be allowed, and it's not going to be viewed as, uh, as, uh, as ribbis. Um, so, and, and the Chodshani agrees with this as well, and the Chodshani says, says what you should really do is send them a letter and say, by the way, the reason why I'm paying this extra amount is not because of interest that I didn't pay, but rather it's because I, am, uh, I want to make sure that you continue servicing me in the future. And if a person does that, so then there's not going to be a problem of uh, ribbis.